Benefits of SD-WAN, episode 40. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets out there. It has been way too long. I know, I know I went MIA for a few months, uh, November and December last year, and I do sincerely apologize for that. It was, uh, it was definitely not my intent. Um, had some, some priorities come up between uh, the day job and personal things within uh, home, home world and everything. Um, some just priorities that just had to be prioritized. Um, so I, I do apologize for, for the, um, the lack of content and the lack of podcast episodes in the months of November and December. But we are here today. Um, we are back at it. It is the new year. So happy new year. Um, 2019. We're all here. We're all ready to go. Today, I have another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, my goal is to provide you with real-world context around technology. I'm your host, ZigZiga. Wow, I actually remembered all of that. That is quite surprising since it's been a couple months. But yes, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. Um, I thank you all for listening, and let's just get right into it today, shall we? So today we're going to kind of cover the benefits of SD-WAN, so software-defined WAN. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to cover for some time. I want to get into the software-defined bucket. Uh, I know a lot of you have asked to, to kind of highlight some of the software-defined solutions. So for this episode, we're going to keep it vendor agnostic. There's There's pretty much every manufacturer or vendor out there has a software-defined solution. Um, and it, it might be a, a an all-inclusive solution or it might be an add-on to another solution they already have. So we're just going to keep it very vendor agnostic, very high level, uh, no specific solutions called out. And and we'll give it a quick little definition of, of SD-WAN before we jump right into the benefits, right? So what is SD-WAN? So software-defined WAN. Now that's your wide area network, right? So we all kind of abbreviate that, software-defined WAN. So what is software-defined WAN, right? So software-defined WAN is a concept. It's also an architecture. So let's start there. It's kind of like a fabric architecture for the transport slash WAN place in the network. Now, if you've listened to some of the, the episodes in the past, we talk about uh, place in the network. And that that's that transport and the WAN are a place in the network. Um, and, and this is kind of a fabric, let's say. Um, it's a fabric architecture in the transport layer or the WAN layer. Now, what, what software-defined anything... Let's start there, right? Software-defined anything. So we define a WAN, but software-defined anything is really taking um, and uh, abstracting all of the control mechanisms, all of the policies, all of the decisions, um, and really pulling them out from the, let's say, the the kind of under infrastructure um, and putting them into an overlay um, with a controller element of some sort, a software controller. Now, now specifically for software-defined WAN, we have in, in the architecture, we have what we call an underlay and we have what we call an overlay. So in this overlay is where you're going to find those policy control decisions. You're going to find the software software to controller. It may not be in the data path. So don't, don't think it's, it may not actually be in the overlay, right? It might be in um, a data center that's maybe not part of the underlay or overlay. It's kind of out of path, let's say, um, but it is the controller. It's a software controller that controls the overlay and the decisions that are being made on what underlay path to take, 
right? So that, that's a kind of a high level, right? It is an architecture, fabric architecture, and the transport WAN placed in the network. It has an underlay and overlay. And again, we're just going to try to keep it vendor agnostic, right? So let's just jump in. We have three kind of benefit buckets that we're going to talk about today. The first one is going to be uh, the network design benefits. The next one's going to be business benefits. We have to bring in the business benefits with whatever we talk about. Um, designing and building networks, we have to talk about the business benefits because that's really the driving force behind building networks to begin with. And then finally, we'll talk about uh, the user benefits. So the end users, what are they getting out of all this, right? So jumping into network design benefits of SD-WAN. Um, so with, with SD-WAN, we talked really quick about the architecture, how it, it's really a fabric, how there's now a, an underlay and there's an overlay. And there's different terminology depending on the vendor solution you're looking at, right? So we're just keeping it really high level, underlay, overlay. Think the, under, the underlay is like a... Um, just a transport, right? It could be multiple transports. It could be um, multiple pieces of an underlay. Um, and some of the terminology you'll see out there is going to be like, uh, it could be a VPN, could be your your virtual network, could be a, a path or a transport element of the underlay. So just think your underlay is kind of your connectivity. Um, and, and the overlay, as we mentioned before, is really where you're going to spend most of most of your time from a customer perspective, because that's where you're going to be putting in your your policy elements, your routing controls. That's where you're going to be putting in specific information for your environment, whatever you wanted to do, right? If we're going to do um, quality of service, for example, right? Or if uh, maybe when you do some sort of micro segmentation strategy between the different underlays or the different VPNs running on top of it within the overlay. Um, on top of that underlay. So those those are where that's going to be is in that, that overlay piece, right? And that's kind of the benefit here is that all this stuff, all these, these kind of controls and these environmental changes are really going to be in the overlay. And it, it really actually decouples the ties that legacy networks have had over the years to an underlay network. So if we go back, you know, 10, 15 years, um, all networks were underlay networks. There wasn't necessarily an overlay network unless you were doing some sort of GRE tunnels um, for some reason. Uh, in the service provider world, you would do like GRE tunnels or whatever. Um, I know years and years ago, um, uh, in some organizations I worked with with the government, we did GRE tunnels all the time. And so we kind of created our own overlay on top of the underlay. So again, though, the, the legacy idea here is that, you know, the legacy environment, the underlay, let's say, it that's where we used to put all these control elements. That's where we used to put all these routing elements, all these decision points and policy points. Well, now what we're doing is we're putting in the in the the overlay. And really the key point here with my rambling today is that it, it's really making it connectivity agnostic. Or in other words, it's connectivity ubiquitous. And really, they'll give you marketing terms, but I'm not trying to be marketing and all that here. It's really more about the fact that it doesn't matter what connectivity we're utilizing here in the underlay anymore, right? So historically, we could be using an MPLS provider, um, and we might have to use maybe this specific MPLS provider, right? Because we've tied into them, and we're getting routing updates, and and maybe we have a we have an application that we're utilizing for them. Like uh, historically, I've used uh, SIP trunks, right, for for voice services through a provider. So really kind of tied to that provider. So what I'm saying here is that now we're not necessarily tied to a provider. Now, in that situation, if you're getting SIP trunks from a provider, you're still tied to that provider. And some of the workarounds for that are to um, 
migrate the SIP connections from like an MPLS circuit from that provider to like a an application connection um, at a different layer of the environment. So in the past, maybe I've had um, uh, SIP trunks from Verizon or AT&T or whatever service provider, and they were over an MPLS connection. Well, to migrate to SD-WAN um, and get rid of the MPLS provider, we had to migrate the SIP connections to a different connectivity type. So instead of having an MPLS circuit, we migrated to internet circuits for like Verizon or AT&T. And on those internet circuits, instead of it just being internet traffic, we actually were getting our SIP connectivity through it. Um, and then that allowed us to get rid of the MPLS circuits. Just a quick little, you know, lessons learned there. Um, but the key here is with, with connectivity that's agnostic um, and ubiquity or ubiquitous, we no longer need a specific provider. We don't. We no longer need a specific MPLS connection or that specific Metro Ethernet circuit. Um, and we really can kind of pick and choose what we want. Now, there's some business benefits in here that we'll get into in a little bit. But the technical design business benefits here is that... Um, we can pick and choose what we want from a design perspective. We don't have to be tied to a specific vendor solution um, from, a, from a, a provider perspective. So if we want to do internet circuits, we can do internet circuits. Now, there's pros and cons to doing internet circuits, but we could do internet circuits or we could do MPLS circuits and pay that, that premium price or we could do Metro Ethernet circuits or a combination thereof. But we really have the flexibility to do what we want for the business. Now, the next thing I would say is that as we go down this list, um, the real kind of design benefit of SD-WAN is the ability for us to keep all of those those customer-specific elements, the quality of experience, not saying quality of a service here, I'm saying quality of experience, um, keeping the, the, the segmentations uh controls, keeping the application-aware routing, any type of dynamic traffic paths. I mean, pretty much any of your policy elements is what I'm talking about here. And we're pushing those or keeping those in the SD-WAN overlay and the software controller, wherever that software controller resides, depending on the solution. Um, what that allows us to do is that we no longer will break the business when we have to migrate from one underlay to another underlay. So historically, when you're migrating MPLS providers in the past, it is a process and it takes a long time and you have to break things to migrate it to a different provider in most cases, or it's very complex. You have to do route redistribution between different protocols. Maybe one provider supports BGP, the other one doesn't, it's only OSPF. It, it, there's all these different kind of cases that do happen in, in the real world, in the wild. So what I'm saying here is that when you move to SD-WAN, you no longer care what you're getting from a provider perspective in that underlay. And so you can easily take your overlay and really put it on top of any provider's underlay. So if we want to go for an MPLS circuit, if we want to go for an internet circuit, if we want to go for a VPN circuit, I wouldn't do a VPN circuit, but if you want to, you can, right? That's the key. It's the full flexibility of being able to do it. And the migration's a lot cleaner and easier because all of your policy and control and routing is happening in the, the overlay. Now there's, there's routing in the underlay. But again, it's 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 very simple. It's very it's IP fast routing. It's like you just want to get packets from A to B, A to B to C. Um, whereas in the overlay, it, it's it's your information, right? You might be doing um, uh, traffic engineering tunnels or traffic engineering in general, routing engineering. You might be doing a certain protocol, right? You might be doing some sort of um, quality of experience. Um, 
policy within your with your overlay, but it's 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 decoupled from the underlay. It doesn't require the underlay to do anything. Now it might require some things like specific path identification, like um, so when you have multiple paths and you're doing something with dynamic path, um, dynamic traffic path or dynamic traffic patterns. And you, you would need more than one path in the underlay. So you might need to have like an MPS path, uh, sorry, an MPLS path, and you might need to have like an internet path or, or maybe two MPLS paths or something along those lines. And that's where you're going to get your dynamic traffic paths, right? You're going to be able to go, okay, uh, my, my software controller and my overlay are, con- are calculating, are, are configured to use multiple paths. And maybe I bring down one path, right, to migrate to a different provider. So maybe I bring down an MPLS, a Verizon MPLS cloud. Maybe I'm getting rid of Verizon, and this is hypothetical. Maybe they're expensive. I'm just going to get rid of them, and I'm going to go to um, commercial internet that's really cheap, right? Maybe I got a one gig connection um, in my data center and 50 gigs or 50 megs at all my sites for internet, and that's a lot easier, a lot cheaper than the MPLS connections that I had through Verizon. So that situation, I'm going to migrate my connections over to the internet circuits. Well, within the SD-WAN kind of architecture and in the underlay, it's another path. So if you're doing MPLS everywhere and then you're transitioning to uh, internet circuits everywhere, you're just transitioning to a different path. Um, And that's really the key there. And it really makes it a little easier because all of your control components are in the overlay. So nothing changes within the overlay minus maybe, hey, you're going to use this path and maybe it's maybe you're identifying it as, you know, I don't know, um, this cheap internet provider name, whatever, make it up. And then um, you have this other path that, that's a Verizon MPLS. Now, a, a real good use case here um, as I go through this um, and I won't name the SD-WAN vendor solution because that's not the point here. Um, I implemented a SD-WAN solution for a company years and years ago, probably when SD-WAN first came out was a buzzword or even before it was a buzzword or a marketing term. But I implemented an SD-WAN solution for a company where in the company we had dual MPLS clouds from two different providers. We had a MPLS cloud from, let's say, Verizon and an MPLS cloud from, let's say, AT&T. Those weren't the vendors, but I'm just throwing out names. So... And, and I mean, if you can imagine, and hopefully you can, the routing was a nightmare because we had routes that we had to send um, to both providers and we had to do active-active routing across the provider networks. Um, and then we had to also filter. And I mean, it's just a routing nightmare at times. Um, now, in one provider, they supported BGP and the other provider did not support BGP. So we had to go on OSPF. So if you can think of how convolu- convoluted that would be, Hopefully you can. So what we did is I, I did, not we, I did. Um, we went, I, I went ahead and we got SD-WAN um, deployed in the environment. Um, we ran it across the MPLS circuits uh, and clouds for the time being uh, for, you know, a, a kind of a phased in time, maybe six months to a year. And then we eventually removed the SD-WAN, uh, the, the MPLS clouds. We migrated to two different internet circuits and called them different paths. Um, now that took a couple years to do because there was a number of sites. We're talking about um, 300 plus remote sites connecting back into two data, data centers. So in that environment, I mean, you're talking about having to go to these sites, getting new circuits, getting the old circuits, you know, migrating everything over. But from an overlay perspective, it was really clear cut and underlay is easy. You're just doing connectivity. It's just IP connectivity um, to your head end or to your, your, your spoke end, wherever you are, and then doing the overlay on top of it. So fairly easy. And then, and then the next topic I'm going to talk about 
is business benefits. So this kind of rolls right into that. And so I'll, I'll, I'll briefly discuss the business benefits. When you have two MPLS providers um, and you're paying for services through two MPLS providers, your bills are going to be extremely expensive, extremely high. And in this case, um, the bills were very high. We were spending a lot of money on these these cloud providers and going to, to commercial internet, uh, co- um really cheap commercial internet and higher bandwidths, I might add. Now, there obviously there is this one aspect is that you can't control the, you don't get QoS on the internet, right? You can't control once it leaves your DMARC on if QoS is honored or not. Um, so your quality of your, of your end-to-end data path may suffer versus running a dedicated MPLS cloud. But if you're running an overlay on top of the internet path, and you're able to do some controls and, and dynamic health assessments of the, those paths, you can tell how healthy or not healthy those paths are, and you can dynamically uh, redirect traffic from one path to another path. Um, and that is what, I mean, that's what you can do with SD-WAN as a general term, right? You, can, you don't need to go MP, uh, internet circuits. You could keep a... Um, MPLS circuits and do that. But I mean, you get a huge cost saving from a business perspective if you can do that. Now, um, that cost saving, it's both capital expenses and operational expenses. So CapEx and OpEx. And you're going to save a whole bunch of money by getting ready MPLS circuits and going um, internet internet uh, only. Now, that, now, I will say not all, all businesses are going to be okay with that, right? So um, you have to deal with those business uh, requirements and priorities as they come up. So you might have, you might be running voice over your network and you, and if you want quality voice to go over your network, I, I probably wouldn't run it over the internet circuits. Um, probably still have some sort of MPLS circuit and run my voice traffic across that. If you're doing like, you know, VoIP, um, over on top of your network. So, you know, there, there's some pros and cons to doing that. And there's obviously a cost savings. Now, in, in this environment, just so I'm clear, um, we did run voice and it was determined that if the voice did go out for some reason, because it was going over the internet, that um, it wasn't a big deal. They could use cell phones instead. Um, they Everyone had a cell phone and they could use the cell phones instead of using VoIP phones um, because the, the cost savings was such a big deal um, for the, the organization um, that they went with that instead. Now that that kind of tied into that that business benefit on on the kind of segue from the network design benefits. So the other business ben- business benefits of SD WAN that I want to highlight is that SD WAN really does become a business enabler. It really allows businesses to be more agile, especially from our perspective as network engineers and network architects. It allows us to do things within S- within the SD WAN. Um, architecture that we would not have been able to do in a legacy environment. We're able to to migrate from a new provider to another provider. We're not tied to providers, right? That's the first thing. We're not tied to a provider, meaning like a, a service provider, like we used to be. And then there's there's um so I'm gonna get this term wrong, right? So I, I was writing it down when I did my, my notes here. Um so the providers, you know, they kind of have a market on you when you get tied to that provider, when you're getting services from that provider. And when that happens, they can um, kind of skyrocket their rates. So instead of it being maybe $1,000 a month, which was pretty expensive to begin with, uh, maybe they can go $1,500 a month or $2,000 a month, and there's not much you can do. But with SD-WAN, now you can compare the provider rates and the provider capabilities with what you need from a business perspective. So now it's more about, okay, well, who's going to give me the best deal versus I'm locked into this provider. So I, I call this provider market comparison, but I'm not, I'm not sure that's the right term, but that's what I could come up with on the fly today.
So I mentioned cost savings already. We talked about OPEX and CAPEX, but one thing I didn't mention is the manpower savings. And I know a lot of us in this this industry kind of gets um, worried or get a little fear of um, losing our jobs because of software-defined solutions. But that, but honestly, it, it's I don't see that happening in the short term. It might happen in the long term. But the key thing here is that manpower savings, the ability, the ability to manage these solutions. And I mean, if you play around with all these different software-defined solutions out there, not just SD-WAN solutions, but if you, you know, software-defined data center and software-defined access, all these different fabrics, if you will, within places in the network, um, they all have really great management front ends. Some are better than others. Uh, I'm not going to say which ones are, in my opinion, but some are better than others. But the intent here is that it takes less engineers to manage a solution. That I don't want that being. Um, I don't. Be, I don't want that be taken the wrong way. I'm not saying that you don't need to be a skilled engineer. I'm not saying that you don't need to know all the routing capabilities and routing protocols and how things work because that's not the case. You still need to know all that because when something breaks, you have to fix it. But I'm saying is that maybe instead of an eight person team managing the environment, maybe you need a four person team long-term. And this is real world, um, things that are happening out in the wild with, uh, you know, SD-WAN deployments and software-defined anything deployments or software-defined X deployments, and then reducing your manpower, reducing those manpower needs. So that is definitely a huge benefit from a a company perspective. Um, The next thing I would say is that you get the custom tailor from your organizational needs, your business needs and your business priorities, um, what you want in that overlay and in those policy elements. So prior to, to SD-WAN, you know, you really had to rely on the provider and what the provider could, could offer you. And, and maybe if you had some really good staff members on your team, they would do, you know, um, a makeshift SD-WAN overlay. And they would do like maybe GRE tunnels or MPLS traffic engineering tunnels or something like that to really kind of make an overlay that was able to do those policy controls and policy elements that an SD-WAN solution can do today. What SD-WAN allows us to do here is fully customize and tailor um, all policy elements to the organization. So, you know, if you have micro-segmentation needs, if you have, uh, maybe you have a need to have multiple um, VPNs. And a VPN is a term, it's like a virtual network. So it's not like your VPN that you have with a firewall. It's like a one of the VPN. A VPN is one of the software-defined WAN terminology um, within the overlay. There's also virtual network is another term, and then just path. So like these terms are interchangeable. So so you know I'm not using one over the other. I'm just trying to give it examples of these terms within the different solutions that are out there. But the intent here is that you you as a as an organization as a, as a business as an engineer can custom custom tailor the SD WAN solution to the business needs, and that you could never do before. You had to you had to get a an MPLS provider and get voice services, but then maybe you could only do a four Q QoS um, design because they only supported that. Well, now you can run SD WAN and do whatever that SD WAN solution allows you to do for a QoS design. You get some more flexibility with the SD-WAN solutions today than you did before. Um, the last thing I want to mention within business benefits, and this is kind of a, a, a technical benefit, but it's really business. So you get this this end-to-end provisioning of quality of experience. So again, quality of experience isn't just QoS. Uh, quality of experience is kind of everything from an end-end perspective. Um, and it includes quality of service, 
Um, but it includes a whole bunch of more, right? And then within that end-to-end provisioning, you also get some additional things like you get compliance controls or compliance, you get audit and you get regulatory standards and reporting. So that's a huge mouthful. You get your compliance standards, if you need them, maybe you don't. Maybe you need HIPAA compliance standards. Maybe you have to meet some sort of bank compliance standards, whatever that might be. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. You know, maybe you're in the government world and you have to follow some sort of government compliance standards, right? Well, those compliance standards, you have to do some sort of audits, right? You have to do some reporting on. And a lot of that is going to be baked into these SD-WAN solutions today. The reporting is there. Um, you might have to manually create the reporting that you need um, and the you know, the standards that you need to follow within the systems, some of the SD-WAN solutions do have them pre-built in. Um, so you can easily say, hey, I'm a HIPAA, you know, organization, I need to follow HIPAA. You select HIPAA and now it has it already defined for you. And then you can hit the reporting feature and report, you know, weekly, um, daily, whatever you want. So after compliance, audit, and regulatory standards, then you get your dynamic security vulnerability detection, which you didn't have before. Um, so this is going to be like using your software-defined controller, your software-defined WAN, um, and really pulling in the security threats out there within the within the, the world today, and really being able to dynamically determine, hey, this is a security vulnerability. And I'm being broad with security vulnerability. I'm not saying that that is a um, like a vulnerability scan, and you need a patch. That could be the case, but I'm saying that maybe there's a maybe there's some malicious software on your computer or maybe there's some malicious software on your environment or maybe I saw you someone you know download something that they shouldn't download or maybe they're not downloading something maybe they're uploading data and it's a lot of data right so I'm being very very vague when I say security vulnerability detection this is this is a little bit higher level of that but that's what you're getting with software fine WAN today software fine solutions um, the last thing I would say is predictable data flows, right? You're going to be able to predict those data flows. HR users should not be talking to finance servers and finance users should not be talking to HR servers. If you get my, my, my example there, but that's it for the business benefits. So moving into user benefits, and this is really just a big one, right? It's going to be quality of experience. And I know I've touched it a few times and hopefully you hear it more often now. Um, it's it's a kind of becoming more of a modern term, but quality of experience is kind of huge now because it's not just quality of service. It's really everything from an end, end user perspective. Um, I mean, users are really going to be getting the access they need, not what they want, the access that they need. And it's going to be independent of where and how they are connecting to the, to the fabric today. So, and I'm being broad with what I'm saying about fabric, but in the perspective SD-WAN, right? Let's say we have users connecting the fabric and it doesn't matter where they're connecting in that fabric or how they're connecting to that fabric. As long as they're part of that fabric, they're going to get the access that they need, not the access they want, but they're also going to get all of the other aspects that are required for the for user experience for that person and based on who they are, what they are, what they're doing. And that that is a huge benefit from a user perspective. So it's going to be seamless from a user, right? So or it's not based on, you know, ACLs anymore or, you know, um, things that aren't flexible. Um, it, it's going to be based on the controller giving out the access that you need based on who you are, what you are, and what you're doing. Um, it, and that's going to be very different. So from a user perspective, I'm going to be able to go anywhere within the organization and get what I need and be able to do what I need to do and, and have the best user experience I can within the organization. So that's a huge benefit for users. So there's my, my kind of benefits of SD-WAN. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear maybe I missed something that, that is kind of key. Love you to, to maybe send me an email. You can send an email to Zigbits, sorry, feedback at zigbits.tech. It's been a while, so I'm remembering this stuff on the fly. 
love the feedback. I love you can add a, a comment to the to the show notes. Today's show notes are gonna be at zigbits.tech slash forty, episode forty here. That's going to wrap it up. It's going to close out today's episode of this Zigbit's Network Design Podcast. Today, we covered the benefits of SD-WAN. So more software-defined stuff coming soon, both in the podcast forum and in the blog forum. I'm going to do some software-defined um, mini-series on the blog side. We'll do some specific vendor solutions and kind of do some labbing and, and highlight the pros and cons of doing something within those solutions. So keep an eye out for that. If there's something you want to see from a software-defined perspective, please let me know. Once again, you can email us at feedback at zigbits.tech. I check them all the time. Um, you can also add show notes at uh, zigbits.tech slash 40. Sorry, show notes. You can see the show notes uh, at zigbits.tech slash 40. If you liked today's episode, if it inspired you, if it resonated something with you, could you just let me know? Um, you know that feedback goes a long way. Lets me know I'm, I'm hitting the mark, and if I'm not, it also shows me I'm not hitting the mark. So you know, positive, negative feedback, just send it my way. You can find Zigbits on all of the socials. That's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, just by searching for Zigbits. That's Z-I-G-B-I-T-S. And of course, you can email me anytime. Again, that was feedback at zigbits.tech. Now, I, I got to add this in here too, right? Because it's the new year. It's 2019 and people are pinging me left and right. So if you're in need of coaching, mentoring, leading, any of those, right? You need guidance. You need help with something. Please do not hesitate on reaching out. If you need help identifying your 2019 goals, or maybe you need some modification to your 2018 goals. Maybe you didn't meet the goals you wanted in 2018. Maybe you need to adapt them for 2019. Maybe you need help creating a roadmap to achieve your goals. It's never too late to reach out to me, my friends. I, I promise you. You can find all the specifics about this at zigbits.tech and clicking on the work with me tab. Again, that was the zigbits.tech and clicking on the work with me tab. Um, it's a new year. Spots are, are are filling up quickly because it's a new year. So I only have a, I only have a limited amount of spots available. So it's really based on first come first serve. So if you really want to get a head start on 2019, please please reach out via email, um, ping me on LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever, and get a hold of me so we can start chatting about what you want to do in 2019. As always, I appreciate you and I sincerely thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a great week. And until next time, bye for now.